Okay, it is now recording when just when you said that, so we got that drop. Harrison, I drank two Red Bulls. Can you sing the song? No, please. We're not. We are after next. I'll sing it next week. Why next week? Because next week will officially be in the season when it's appropriate for me to sing the song. Oh my god, Harrison just made up a really good song because he's high off two Red Bulls and it's really funny. I'm I'm floating on well, two Well, guess you'll have to come back next week. I didn't have I didn't have coffee this morning. I had a Red Bull yesterday. I'll tell you the truth about it. Uh, I wanted some coffee this morning, and I didn't have. I ended up not having any, and so I was then like, "Oh shit! I actually really want Red Bull because it's later in the day. The taste of coffee's heavy." And I did was like, "Damn, you know what? I actually kind of want two. And I did drink two, and now. You just had to listen to that as a product of that. And so I'm just going to shut the fuck up. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. I'm going to just shut up. This is a spooky show. The spookiest show in the history of the entire world ever. I am Kate. And this is Harrison. Alive and in person. Alive. <laughs> and Johnny, our roommate, is here in the room, too. And here's hoping he doesn't have another panic attack after this Hey, episode. come on. It was very scary. It was a scary episode. Let's keep moving on and get into the real tea. Okay, so... <laughs> today we're going to talk about a story. That... Wait, we're going to talk about a story yeah, I'm today? I'm telling you guys a story today. It's a little different. Okay. That How? was a joke. How like so me... is it a little no, different? No, it was a joke. Like me telling you a story is a little bit different. Oh, yeah. That was kind of the initial premise I was running on, oh, okay. too, so, so I should have caught along. It It took off... In October 2019. The story did? Yes. Okay. It took off in October 2019, or this it started. Is, is when it took, this is when the story like came out. Okay, okay. It had been going on for a little bit, but it had just gotten to the public in, around that time. And the story was about this couple from Indiana who were charged with neglect. Huh. You know why? No. Because they moved to Canada... And they left behind their 11-year-old adopted daughter Whoa. named Natalia. And why'd they do that? This case is also known as the real-life orphan case. Bam, bam, bam. Okay, I know a little bit about yeah. this one. Yeah. You, you said one we should do it, up. so yeah, I did it for is, you. This is a good one. This is a good so, one. So, yeah, it's like the orphan movie. That's a big reason why it blew up, but I think as you listen to the story, I personally don't think it should be called the real-life orphan movie, because... Uh, it's not under the same circumstances, in my opinion, but I'll be curious to hear what you guys think. So let's do it. So what we know, in 2008, Natalia, she came to the U.S. from an, from an adoption program in the Ukraine. And they didn't really know where she came from. They kind okay. of thought she was in a group home before she came to the U.S., um, and at first she was adopted by a different family and they like decided it wasn't good fit, a good fit. And we don't right. know, we don't know why. We don't know really anything beyond that. No. So they, Weird. she got brought back to the adoption agency. Okay. And then in November of 2010, another couple adopted Natalia and their names are Christine and Michael Barnett. Alrighty. Meet the Barnetts. Meet the Barnetts. <laughs> 
they they loved children and they love children from what i could tell they the couple had three boys so like adding they love children oh they weren't the one charged with neglect they were okay yeah so yeah that's very interesting to know they love children very much and then they happen to be neglectful neglect um yeah they had three boys so it seemed like they wanted to you know add in and adopt a daughter to their family seemed like a good fit and like something they really wanted and when the barnett's adopted her they say that they were told she was six years old and that she was born with a form of dwarfism and this type of dwarfism she has it's called and i am going to butcher this okay spondylophysial dysplasia congenita Alrighty, one more time um I don't want to do that again, actually. Okay, Spon- cool. You can look. dysplasia congita. Okay. Yeah. So this is a disorder, and it affects the bones and, like, basically the growth of a human. And she also suffered from scoliosis. So she obviously had a lot of health issues. And when they adopted her, they were told that, like, she probably would have some trouble walking. But, like, the couple didn't mind. It was okay. And what's really not clear is Natalia's history with, like, the adoption agency before she was adopted by the Barnett family. Uh-huh. And the Christine, the adoptive mother, actually said that she was with 30 different families before she came to them. Wow. That's according to the adoptive mother. But I, I don't. we don't know if this is true. And Natalia actually said herself that she feels like... Her adoptive mother completely made that up because she doesn't remember being with that many families. Right. She only remembers being with, like, a couple. So how she, how she like, found her way to the Barnetts in the first place is a little strange. But this is coming from the adoptive family, so keep that in mind. So gotcha, like, gotcha. According to an interview with Michael, the adoptive father, he said that the family got a call from an, an adoption agency in Florida and the agency said, we have this girl, Natalia, here who we think would be a perfect fit for your family. And at first, Michael says he, like, he didn't think this was strange. But as he looked back, he says, like, getting cold calls from an adoption agency was actually kind of weird. Yeah, big red flag. Yeah, especially because they didn't really, like, give any any information or go into specifics about, like, the child they would be adopting. Yeah, right, of course. Or about the former family. The adoption agency, they only sent over two pictures, a birth certificate that was Ukrainian, and a summary of a doctor's visit that was from two years prior to that call they got. Uh So Michael says the adoption agency also gave them 24 hours to tell them whether or not they wanted to adopt Natalia. Whoa. They said if they don't decide to adopt her within 24 hours, they were going to send Natalia to foster care. Dang, which is notoriously tough. Yeah. And he said when they decided to do it, and went to this agency, they were sitting in a small office space in a strip mall, and huh. then the door opened, and Natalia came, like, walking in, smiling ear to ear, saying, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, and he said yeah, this was... Been, like, met, right? Okay, but this is according to the adoptive family. Okay, this is okay. all according to them, not, like, as of right now, so just keep this in mind. So he said this was strange because she had just been given up for adoption by her old family not five minutes before that. And he said, quote, we should have recognized that there would be no six-year-old on the planet that would be happy in this situation and immediately start referring to Christine, Christine and myself as mommy and daddy. He said they were only in the room with her for five minutes 
to meet her, and after those five minutes, the adoption agency pulled Michael and Christine out of the room. They signed the paperwork, and Natalia was theirs on the spot. Wow, that's in crazy. In the strip mall. Well, especially because, like, I knew people growing up who, um, I think we've talked about this on here, were, like, Russian adopted. And it's a brutal process to, like, yeah. get it. Like, it, it, it's years long. Yeah. So that's really disheartening to hear that this happened in a strip mall. Allegedly. Allegedly. So Natalia claims that when she was adopted by the Barnetts, everything was fine at first, and she like was she felt loved, and she said she felt comfortable and happy and was like having a good time. However, Christine, the adoptive mother, says that they started having issues with her right off the bat on day one. Okay, such as? They said that right away they thought Natalia was acting strange. According to them, the very first night when Christine was giving Natalia a bath, she had full pubic hair at age six. Whoa. So they immediately thought she was actually older than she was saying she was. Right. But I will say, too, I was on Reddit a little bit, and I looked up, like, the disease she has, and some people say that you can develop pubic hair. Like, right. you know, your, your growth is all messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that could happen. Anyway. Not so, out of the realm of possibility. Another red flag was they went to the beach with their family, and the boys ran into the ocean, and Natalia wanted to be carried to the water because she, like, had trouble walking. And Michael and Christine were really tired, and they were like, give us a second. Um, but she got really impatient and just ran toward the water herself. So they were like... Well, that's weird because yeah, that they thought weird. she couldn't walk well because of her condition. Now, all of a sudden, she's just running really fast towards the water. And they all noticed that Natalia didn't really care for playing with toys or other children. Like, she would rather play with older children and teenagers. And they also thought her vocabulary was pretty well developed and, like, sophisticated for her age. And they also claimed that she couldn't speak or understand her native language from the uh-huh. Ukraine. Because they had a Ukrainian friend speak in their native language, and she didn't understand them. So they were like, maybe she didn't even come from the Ukraine. So Christine also ran a home daycare for a living, and she said that one day Natalia walked up to her and said, these children are exhausting. I don't know how you do it. And Christine thought that was a strange thing for a kid to say. That is a very weird thing for a kid to say. Probably one of the scariest things I've ever heard a kid say. (laughs) But it also reminded me of my nephew's three. <laughs> Just a side note, he had to go to he had to go to school, and my sister in law was trying to wake him up, and he was like, "I'm exhausted." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like it's yeah, not a quirky know. thing for a kid to say. Yeah, it is. It is. So then things started to get a little dangerous, dun, dun, dun. according to Christine. <laughs> so. Michael Barnett said that Natalia started to place clear thumbtacks on the stairs face up Uh so that when they would walk up the stairs, they would be stepping on thumbtacks. But keep in mind that Natalia tells a completely different version of events. Natalia was going to need several surgeries in her lifetime. And I think this is a very important part. So she was going to need, of course, several surgeries. She will probably always need surgeries to continually, like, correct the problems that she has. Sure. And as adoptive parents, like, they're responsible for paying for these surgeries. So she had her first surgery while she was with the Barnetts, and she said that's when things changed. 
She said that Christina Michael started treating her completely differently after the surgery. And as time went on. That's awful. Yeah. As time went on, things started to get, like, even worse in the home. The Barnett's, Barnett's claim that Natalia became, like, very aggressive and threatening towards them and threatened to kill them a lot of times. And Christine claims that Natalia would make these weird statements about, like, wanting to harm the entire family and that she would, like, draw pictures of violence happening towards yeah. the family, saying she wanted to, like, roll them up in blankets and toss them into the yard. Uh. And we don't know if this is true or not, and Natalia completely denies this, but Christine claims that they would wake up in the middle of the night, and this would happen to any member of the family, and sometimes Natalia would just be standing over them, watching them sleep. And Christine also claims that Natalia would hide knives all over the house, like in the couches or on top of the fridge. Somehow, because Natalia later was like, I "I can't reach the top of the fridge. So Christine says she would say she was going to kill the family members and that she was just waiting for the right time. But yeah, Natalia says this is not true. Then Christine and Michael also claim that Natalia tried to poison Christine with a lemon pledge and that she put it in the coffee because it was on the counter next to Christine's coffee and Natalia was holding it. Uh And Christine just assumed, I guess, that, oh my gosh, she's going to poison me. Right. So Christine claims that when she had asked her what she was doing with the pledge, Natalia said, I'm trying to kill you. Spooky. Yeah. So things were getting so out of hand, apparently. Natalia was just destroying the home. She was wiping bodily fluids on the mirrors in the house. And she would also sometimes jump out of the car while it was in motion. And the... One of the biggest claims is that Christine says that one time Natalia tried to push her into an electric fence. (laughs) But Natalia is only two feet tall and she can barely walk. So do with that information what you will. Yeah. One thing that's also strange is back in 2012, only two years after the adoption, the Burnetts, they filed a motion with the Marion County Superior Court about Natalia's age. And they requested that her age be formally changed. And the judge followed through with this and ordered that her birth year be changed from 2003 to 1989 on her birth certificate. Wow. Which would put her at age 22 at that time instead of nine. Okay. So to this day, I will say no one really knows what Natalia's actual age is. And as of 2020 or 2019, when Natalia was on Dr. Phil, she did a Dr. Phil interview. Uh-huh. She claimed she was 16 and 17 around that time. Okay. So she claimed she was, you know, nine at the time. She was not right. 22. She was not born in 19. There was also another family that came out, right? Uh, she, her, she's, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Yeah. So Natalia herself doesn't really know how old she is because she's from a group home. It's possible they don't even know their birthday. Right. Um, sometimes they celebrate birthdays all at once in group homes yes, too. Yes. So that, that's like the big debate here. So eventually the Barnett's decide to take Natalia to a doctor for a psych evaluation and have her like get a therapist and whatnot. Of course. And they claim that she openly talked about how she wanted to kill Christine and the other kids with the therapist. The therapist client said this? Corroborated no, this? No, the, okay. no. The parents did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So I will say, I can say the doctors and therapists and stuff, they have not confirmed anything because, you know, it violates. Doctor, patient, yeah. confidentiality, yeah, of course. So apparently she also gave the therapist an exact plan of how she wanted to do it and what she would do with their bodies. And okay, they, then how would, yeah, okay, never mind. Okay. I was like, how would the parents know this, but well, keep going. Well, you could tell the guardian, right? Yeah. Yeah, they also claim that she told the therapist that she was lying about her age. So Christina's given the court an actual copy of this note from this doctor. But we don't have any real information about this, and we cannot confirm if it's real. Okay. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly waiting for confirmation. In this note from this doctor, it talks about how Natalia was actually diagnosed as a psychopath and a sociopath. Okay. It says that her birth certificate is clearly fake and that she's way older than she is claiming to be. And the doctor wrote that Natalia was well over the age of 18 in the year 2011 when this note was written. And they said that they were able to come to this conclusion by doing an exam on Natalia's teeth, looking wow. at her sexual development, and by using a bone density exam. And they claim she had a normal menstrual cycle as well. So this is all in the doctor's note that we haven't seen. We don't know if it's real. And with all this information, Christine and Michael were able to get the court to agree to change her age to 22. Wow. So Michael said that one of the benefits to getting her age change was actually to get her into a psychiatric hospital because if she was a minor, she would be able to be, like, lawfully admitted. Yeah. So there have been different attempts from media outlets to get this doctor's note. And they've, like, they've reached out to the doctor and everything, but the, the doctor says they refuse to have any involvement because it's a violation of patients' rights. Yeah. And side note, though, it was also around this time that police first started asking questions and trying to figure out if an immigration fraud actually took place before the Barnetts had any involvement with Natalia. So they thought something weird was going on with the adoption. The Westfield City Police referred the case to the FBI and ICE because they suspected that there was a false age reporting prior to her leaving the Ukraine. Okay. And it was then, in 2013, that the Barnetts made the decision to leave Natalia here in the U.S. while they moved to Canada. Wow. So their oldest son, 12-year-old Jacob Barnett, was getting a lot of media attention because he was a child genius. And they were like... How old was he? 12. Oh, wow. He was good at physics. He was featured in a segment on 60 Minutes. He gave a TED Talk. And then in 2013, Jacob was... Yeah, what, motherfucking TED Talk? Yeah. In 2013, Jacob was accepted into the Parameter Institute for Theoretical Physics in Waterloo, Ontario. So that's why they decided to move to Canada. Yeah, okay. But they would leave Natalia back home. And this is where everything goes wrong and why the Barnetts are or were in trouble. So according to them, they left Natalia completely, like, good. They got her her own apartment. They agreed to pay her rent. Because they're like, she's 22. This is fine. They also said, it's, I'm sorry, it's just so weird that they went to a court and were like, change her age. Here's this doctor's note that says she's a psychopath and a sociopath. Change her age. It just, like, doesn't make yeah. any sense. So they set her up as a social security. They put her on welfare in welfare programs. They set her up a food stamp so she would be, like, taken yeah. care of. And apparently, at her first apartment, Natalia, there were some problems, and she was evicted. 
but the family paid for that. They paid for her to get a new place. And Christine said that she was talking to Natalia daily. And she even came up with a plan for Natalia to enroll in college to study cosmetology. And the Barnetts told Natalia that she would, they would pay for her rent for one more year because they did this for all their other kids. And then she had to figure out what to do on her own. Yeah. So, yeah, this is totally normal if she's 22. But if she's a minor, it's completely this is not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and even if she is 22 or older, like... She still has a, yeah, a, she a, has a disability. She has. She probably still needs assistance in everyday things. Yeah. Or, yeah, caretaker or guardian. Yeah. Or... So, eventually the family stopped talking to Natalia randomly. And Christine says that she got a letter in the mail saying that Natalia had changed the beneficiary on her insurance policy to someone else instead of Michael. So, eventually Christine says that she could not get in touch with Natalia anymore. And she was really worried that Natalia was just out there fooling some other family into thinking that she was a child. But there was nothing she could do because they changed her age to a legal adult. So she's like, well, she's an adult. She's on her own. So Natalia eventually did go to the police and told them what was happening. And in September 2014, they got involved because Natalia told them that her adoptive parents just left her in this apartment and went to Canada. So it's very confusing. We don't really know what happened in the years after this. Natalia did live alone for a long time. She, like, would go around between a few apartments. She was evicted in 2014 from one apartment and then somehow got back into it by neighbors paying for her. And then eventually she moved in. 2016 because she wanted to start attending this uh tuition free school for younger youth called excel center uh-huh. and then eventually and i don't really know how she met this other family but she was taken in by another family oh, and wow. in the dr phil interview this other family was like i i, I was it wasn't clear on how they met but they were like this girl is clearly a child and she's alone like we have to help so yeah, this family did an interview for Dr. Phil, and Natalia was there, too. The Burnettes were not on this Dr. Phil episode because they're currently facing court char- Well, at the time, they were facing court charges and could not speak about it. But her new guardian thinks that Natalia is around 16 or 17 at the time of the Dr. Phil interview, so born in 2003. And in 2016 is when they petitioned to become her new legal guardians. But they weren't be, they weren't able to do it because she's legally she's yeah. not a minor, um, so they had to try to change her age again to prove that she is actually a minor. But they needed like her birth records to do this, which like it was impossible to get. You know, adoption paperwork is confidential, so this was never released to them. So the petition to become her legal legal guardian was dropped. But like despite this, they like Natalia lives with them. They see each other as family. Natalia says she loves them very much. And, like, she's very much loved, too. But her age still totally up for debate. But, of course... Did they get it changed back? I don't think so. Whoa. But... This whole story is so scary and weird. It's so weird. So... <clears throat> when, like, the fan of that family is weird. 
I know. Like, just, like, all the legal hoops they jump through to, like, avoid accountability for dealing with, like, this human being that they're in charge of is crazy. Who has, like, special needs. Yeah, who and needs help. Like, yeah. Like, and they're just like, eh, you know, can we, like, do the most, like, I don't know. They just, like, rode the law. And it's so weird that they were like, she has pubic hair and she's, like, acting out. Like, they try to justify it so much. Yeah. With facts that had nothing to do with, like, her, or the age that they thought she was, you know what I mean? Yep. So, Natalia claims on the Dr. Phil interview, like, I've been saying that everything the Barnett said about her was not true. And they, to this day, the Barnett family claims it all was. Wow. The Barnetts also say that they did not know that Natalia was a minor, or that they truly thought she was an adult when they left for Canada. Like, in their heart of hearts, they were like, we fully believed. And, like I said, they believe that to this day. But when the police got involved, the investigators submitted an affidavit that they think the um, Barnett's really did know that she was a minor and that they did this on purpose. And investigators said that they were able to confirm all of this because they found the medical records that show they actually had Natalia. The family had Natalia evaluated twice by doctors at the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. And the first doctor's evaluation took place in 2010, which was the year that she was adopted. And it was determined that Natalia was a minor child and her age was estimated to be around eight years old. So if that's true, and that's what she actually is, she was living alone at the age of, like, you know, nine, <laughs> ten. Yeah. So a lot of people think that's just not possible. Like. You know, how would she even take care of herself? She was living alone for a while, so it can't be true. But I think she did have a lot of help from, like, the community, too. So her new family claims that Christine basically ruined Natalia for this and that the family just didn't want her anymore. So they set up this whole scheme. And apparently only months before the Barnetts went to Canada in 2013, there was another evaluation done on Natalia, and this time she underwent a skeletal survey, and those results clearly stated that she was still a minor child. So, you know, they told the court she had this one doctor examination that said she was older than she was, but she actually had three total. Three other ones that were corroborating. Yeah, the two ones, they just left out. Yeah, they they were telling a different story. Right. So, That's so horrible. Yeah. So December, uh, September of 2019, October, September, this story started blowing up um, because warrants were issued. The Burnett's were charged with two counts of felony neglect of a dependent. And the two of them, they're divorced now. And they're, oh, no. They're facing se- they were facing separate charges. And Christine surrendered to the authorities and was released after posting a $5,500 bond. And Michael was released after posting $5,000 bail. And, of course, the Barnetts have pleaded not guilty to all of the charges. The judge scheduled two two two-week-long trials. And Michael's was supposed to start June 22, 2020. And Christine's was going to start July 27, 2020. And the Barnetts were facing 6 to 20 years in prison if they end up proving they are guilty uh-huh. however i use past tense because the tip canoe superior court judge which i guess is the county they were in later decided that the barnett's can't face neglect of a dependent charges when a previous judge ruled in favor of changing natalia's minor age to an adult age 
based on her birth year, which was determined by a series of tests, according to the Barnett's attorney. So I guess they're referring to that janky doctor's note that we know nothing about. But the attorney general's office wants the state's high court to revise this decision. And the case is currently, as of now, before the Indiana Court of Appeals. Okay. So in well, a we'll statement, have an update about this. <laughs> in a statement to 13 News in October of this year, the attorney general's office claimed the Barnetts misled the court in a scheme to abuse and neglect Natalia and that the court was misled. The Barnett's case should be reviewed by the Supreme Court. That's what the Attorney General's Office believes. So the Attorney General's Office also said that new evidence has surfaced to support their claims. So at this point, it's unclear if the High Court will take up the case. The Attorney General's Office said the Indiana Supreme Court could indicate if it's taking on the case in two to three months, but there's no way to be sure of that timeline. But like I said... Natalia's doing well now. She's with her new family. Her new family has had no problems with her. They claim that she treats her siblings really well. They said that she, like, helps out around the house. I'm happy there's, like, some kind of happy ending to this. Yeah, and Natalia and her new family both believe the Barnett should go to jail for what they did to her. But ultimately, ultimately Natalia says she just wants all of this to, to end so she can move on with her life. Right. And start to heal. But it, it I mean, as... My opinion, as far as I can tell from my research, it doesn't seem like anything is going to happen to the Barnetts. I don't yeah. think. I mean, it seems like they moved within the within reasonable doubt. You know. Well, if 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 if, if the, it is to be believed that they schemed and plotted to get out, it seems like they uh, did it by the law. You're right. They went to a judge and had her yeah age they, legally if, if it, I mean, like, what are you going to do about that? You know, like that's. Yeah, uh, like, it may be fucked up, but it's like, how can you? They they did it the, a way, in a way that it's like, it's like ethically dubious, but it's not technically legally. Yeah, and it's true. Like the superior court judge in Tippecanoe, in Tippecanoe County, like you know, they said they they can't face neglect charges because of that judge, you know. And I, I that's true. Yeah, it's true. But it is, I mean... And the whole story is spooky, right? Like, this whole story is, like, awful. The fact that this happens to this child. The right. fact that, like, there are places where, like, you, you can be in a situation where, like, you you might... There's not services to, like, help. Yeah. Or, like, we don't have reliable enough doctors to know, like, that if the mental health evaluation that they got was legit or and, if they or if they were just a quack that was after money and the whole know. adoption process yeah, is obviously say, like, terrible and the neglect that they face in those homes like mm-hmm. that even if there was acting out that was like above the pale like it may have to do with like deep-seated trauma from being in those places because that's what not i was nice gonna places. say like even if she was doing some things that made them uneasy like she obviously has trauma it's also pretty like, common if i'm not mistaken like and i'll say experientially like I definitely remember the fact that, like, there were some kids with what they would call quote-unquote behavioral issues that were adopted from, like, um, like group homes in Russia that I grew up with. And, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they were just, I think it was just normal kid stuff that was just elevated by being upset, you know, like, yeah. no big deal. And all those kids, you know, are great today, from what I know, so. Yeah, I don't know what they were expecting, like, 
these kids go through a lot. I yeah. mean, that's not you to say take all of them care, are going to act really out. You good but care like, of them, you know, like, in terms of, like, not only are they, have they been abandoned by their family, they're in a bad, they're growing up in a situation where, like, they're not being taken care of in addition to that, you know? Yeah, and like, there's abandonment she was actually and really treated in that household. Like, right. we don't really know, like, what, like, we'll never know what's true and what isn't, but, Correct. like... I I think the story really blew up because of the orphan movie because everyone was like, oh my god, it's a real life orphan, it's a real yeah. life orphan, and like I just don't think that's the correct thing to say. I don't even know no. what I'm gonna title this episode. In all honesty, I'm I'm gonna be so like excited to see what future me comes up with for this one. But well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, that was a heck of a one. I want to I want to say something before we go. Okay. To everybody that listens, I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful, happy Thanksgiving with your families and and your friends and loved ones. And um, I'm very thankful for all of you for being with us as another Thanksgiving passes. Another Thanksgiving with the Spooky Show crew. So thank you for being here. Yes, I am thankful for everybody as well. And I hope you have the best holiday of your entire life. Bye. No, follow me on Instagram. Spooky Show Pod. <laughs> if you are grateful for the show, let us know. And listen to Harrison's band baseball hot as usual. And now we can say, have the best week slash holiday of your entire life. Au revoir. Bye. <laughs>